You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. I want to speak about breaking the yoke of limitation. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because that which is being poured out, you must take hold of it. And so every yoke of limitation will be broken this morning. But here is the thing about this yoke of limitation. I, I know, you know, church people, we love when somebody has to break something for us. We love when we don't have to really take responsibility. <laughs> let it be done. Pastor, just put your hand and let that yoke just break. Shatter that yoke on my life. <laughs> But uh, you will find this morning, even from the scripture that I'm going to read, that there are some responsibilities you have. Amen. And you need to break that yoke. Glory to God. Amen. I'm going to read from Genesis 27. And before <laughs> I read Genesis 27, I just want to give you a quick background. And you know the story. You know about Esau. Amen? And you know about his brother, the one we don't, well, we love to hate. <laughs> but we know about Esau, we know about Jacob. We know how Esau sold his birthright for a plate of food or a bowl of food. We know how we've condemned him. We know how we've talked about him. We know how we shake our head every time we read it and say, but how could he? But yet we do it all the time. <laughs> so often. Because you see, we're reading it in hindsight. We're able to see and say, but how could he do that? Did he not realize that that's his inheritance? How could he sell or trade his birthright. And for what? My question is, is there anything at all that would have been deserving of his birthright? Forget about the fact that it was a plate of food. Yeah. Was there anything he could have traded in that would have been good enough? No. Nothing. And so I ask you, is there anything that you can trade in for your future? No. Is there anything that is good enough wow. that you can say, for this I exchange my future? No. There is nothing. Anyway, this guy sold his birthright or traded it in. And that was that. And after that, it was time for his father to bless him, Isaac. And Isaac called him and said, I want to bless you. All right? My first child. And the scripture even says it was a favorite of his. It says, I want to bless you. So go make me a meal and bring me the meal. And so this guy went off. But his mother went and called Jacob. Do you know the story I'm talking about? <laughs> All right? But just in case there's someone who doesn't know it, let me tell you a little about it. And so he went, and then he, he, uh, his mother said to, to him, go, your father is going to bless your brother, but you need that blessing. Long story short, Jacob, uh, Jacob went and did exactly what the father wanted Esau to do. And then he brought him the plate of food. And then the father, what? Blessed him. Father had some doubts <laughs> because of his voice and all. But every other thing added up. So his father blessed him. Verse 27. And I want to read the blessing of the father to him for a reason. And he came near and kissed him and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Amen. Keep going. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Amen. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Amen. 
Cursed be anyone who curses you. And blessed be anyone who blesses you. You may stop there. This, to me, is a complete blessing. Nothing missing from this. And so, Jacob received the blessing that was meant for who? For Esau. And Jacob received a complete blessing. Anyone who blesses you is blessed. Anyone who curses you is cursed. Fatness of the earth is yours. Are you following? Your brothers, everyone will bow down to you. Amen. He had a complete blessing. After he received that blessing, what happened? Let's go down. After he received it, Esau came in. Hallelujah. Esau came in. Let's look from verse 34. I'm going somewhere. I hope you're following me. When Esau heard the words of his father, in the previous verse, you'll find that the father had told him that I've already blessed, I've given the blessing. I cannot take it back. He is blessed. All right? He is what? Blessed. And there's nothing I can do. I cannot take it back. I cannot even say, it well, because he's supplanted or whatever to get it, that means, you know, I revoke it. He couldn't do anything. He says, he's gone forth. He's blessed. And Esau heard the words of his father. He cried with an exceeding great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me. Me also, O my father. But he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. Well, that is not accurate. And now, look, he has taken away my blessing. That is true. And he said to his father, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said, indeed, I have made him your master. And all his brethren I have given to him as servants. That's including you, Esau. He's your master. And I've given to him, okay, I've given to him as servants with grain and wine. I have sustained him. He will not lack anything. So what shall I do now for you, my son? In other words, I've given him everything. It's a complete blessing. So what more do you want from me? What can I give you, my son? And maybe you and I would have felt, oh, well, I've had it. This, all this nonsense. No, but he says, Father, I still want. Do something. Verse 38. And he said to him, Father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. It breaks my heart when I even read this. He says, don't you have even one? It doesn't matter. Just the crumbs. The crumbs of your blessing, it's sufficient for me. Have you not got even the tiniest thing to give me? I cannot go empty-handed. I cannot live without your blessings. I know that Jacob has taken the bread and all, but just give me crumbs here. Have you not got anything for me? And he wept. Verse 39. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, your, bless, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth. Amen. That's a good blessing, isn't it? And, the, and of the dew of heaven from above. Verse 40. But uh, it says, by your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. We'll stop here. So his father says to him, your dwelling will be of the fatness of the earth. In other words, you know, in our time, we'll probably be thinking, I'm going to live in the best places <laughs> with resources, with everything flowing for me, everything going well for me. The grass will be greener on my side. Everything will be going well. He says, by the sword you will live. In other words, he will not be defeated when he fights, but he will live by the sword. But his mother said to him, but your brother you will serve. Now, what that showed me when I read this, I just paused and I said, oh, my God. 
It is possible for you to be enjoying some blessings. Meanwhile, there is so much more for you. But you are limited. If you go to the next verse, I want you, oh, no, stay there. And he says, and it shall come to pass when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. In other words, it is possible for you to be enjoying certain blessings, meanwhile there is a yoke on your neck. It is possible for you to be living in those nice houses you like, to be enjoying the resources of the earth, to have the dew of heaven over you, but there is a yoke around your neck. And that yoke is a yoke of limitation. That yoke is a yoke that says you cannot progress. I can give you crumbs. I can give you a little. You can be enjoying this and that and that. But you will not go beyond this. For as long as there's a yoke on your neck, there's a limitation on you. Just keep enjoying those little things. Can you put this verse 40 in the Amplified for me, please? He says, by your sword, you shall live and serve your brother. But the time will come when you will grow restive and break loose and you shall tear his yoke from off your neck. There's a translation that I actually want. Uh, let me find it. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. He says, when you break free from anger and hatred, then you will tear his yoke from your neck. So you are enjoying certain things right now. But there is a yoke of anger and hatred on you. And for that reason, you cannot get into the full benefit of what God has for you. There is a limitation that has been placed around your neck. And excuse me, who plays that limitation? Ourselves. Esau... You know what is interesting about this scripture to me? You can go back to the uh, New King James. What is interesting about this scripture is, this guy was given some blessings, but he was also made aware that even though there's some blessing on you, you are still in slavery, more or less. You're going to serve your brother. All right? And the only thing that will, that will release you from that bondage the only thing that will release you from that slavery is if you break the yoke from your neck. The only thing that will release you is if you break the limitation and the yoke of hatred and anger. So, has it happened to you where you were given the question and the answer? Where you're writing an exam, have they ever given you that? It doesn't happen. Where they give you the question paper and they give you the answer as well. Esau got the question and the answer, but he did not realize. He got some blessing and he was told, for you to get into the fullness of what I have for you, just make sure that you release yourself from that bondage. But what did Esau do? If you continue to read, you'll find that he says, I am going to kill him. I will kill my brother for the things he has done to me. In fact, I will not rest until I have killed him. Even though the Lord said to him, remove, or his father said, remove that yoke. Remove that yoke. Remove that yoke. If you can remove that yoke, you will no longer be under him. I want to tell you this morning that there are some people that have yoked you. That there are certain people you are yoked with because you have decided I must take vengeance. Because I am so angry about the fact that they infringed on my right. They stepped on my toes. And the Lord knows what Jacob did. And the Lord did not say, you know, because of what he did, it's okay, be angry. Hello. I know maybe you don't like this. But he's saying to him, you must release that yoke. You must break free 
of that yoke from here. Because if you do not break free, you will be getting some little, little things here and there. But as for experiencing open heavens, as for experiencing the fullness of an outpouring, you are not going to experience it. Whose yoke are you wearing? Esau was wearing Jacob's yoke. Whose yoke have you tied around your neck to stop you from receiving? It is because of the yoke you're carrying that you're receiving with a cup. And he says, it's okay as long as you be receiving with the cup. He says, if only you know that what I'm pouring out is so much more than that teaspoon you have. It's so much more. If only you know that all the only thing, all you need to do to qualify for so much more, to qualify, to, 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 to be free from servitude, is to release that person. Amen. Am I talking to someone this morning? Because someone is looking at me and saying, Pastor, you don't understand. What could have been worse than what happened to Esau? You don't understand. You don't understand. This was done to me. In fact, if I sit you down, Pastor, to tell you the things, you will understand. I don't need to understand. My thing is, unless you remove the yoke, unless you break the yoke around your neck, unless you break the yoke, not me, unless you break the yoke, you will just be experiencing little, little things. L listen to me. Recently, I realized that I had a yoke around my neck. Now, I know if you were not listening before, you'd be listening now. Because <laughs> you need to know what yoke was she wearing. <laughs> I didn't even realize that I was wearing a yoke. And you know, when you're experiencing some breakthroughs here and there, you think you're okay. You don't know that you're wearing a yoke. Here's my story. Some of you know, <laughs> I mean, years back, I met pastor in the UK, like you know, and we're doing ministry there. And I have to tell you, it was a fulfilling time for me. I loved doing ministry there, even though it seemed to be a place where I would stick out, you understand, because oh, you're as dark as you can be. <laughs> so <laughs> where I would stick out, unlike South Africa, yeah. I can blend, yeah. <laughs> all right? So there I was sticking out, but I still loved it. I mean, I loved ministering there, and there was just a community. There was so much love in that place amongst the people that surrounded me. And uh, I mean, I remember Christmases. I would never, never go home. No. I had family. I had people who loved me, who I loved. <laughs> I was surrounded. I remember one time, Pastor and I, would, they used to call him, uh, and I, um, a, a, a Roman evangelist at that time <laughs> because he was going visiting all our, our churches. I remember we started a church in Slough and when we started that church and the people in Slough, they loved us so much. They were like, you need to come and live in Slough. We will buy you a house. All right. I'm, I'm just saying that so you kind of have an idea the kind of community I was living in. It was a community where I could be myself my imperfect self. Yeah. Why? Because I was living with imperfect people. So we could just do us yeah. <laughs> without feeling like, oh, this person. So I loved being there. Recent, the last time I went there, I was like, I don't want to live here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at that time, it was the greatest thing. Then I came to South Africa. And you need to hear me and not hate me after this. Yeah. And I got in here, and I remember when in Cape Town, it was different. We loved Cape Town. Then I came to Johannesburg, and my life changed. And I had so much opposition in this place. It was unlike what I had experienced before. It was unlike what I knew. And We've actually lived in several places and experienced different kinds of people. 
But this one was a shock to my system. So I, I found myself living in a community that I kept, I kept getting this thing, this rejection. Are you, are you following? And when, when you feel that everything else, you listen to the news, you, you know, then you, you keep feeling that rejection coming. We don't want you, you can go. And I came to the place where I wanted a way out. I'm telling you a true story, okay? Are you here? I came to the point where I did want a way out. It's like, I can't take this, you know. And I'm not speaking of about you or you or you so that you're not thinking, is it me? I'm, are you, are you, all right, I'm, I'm speaking of, it was almost like a spirit that was released over me. And, and for, for so long I've not been comfortable. Then to make my matters worse, uh, I wasn't even there, but it was a prophetic word that came when pastor was in Nigeria and a great man of God that you would all know <laughs> spoke a prophetic word. And, and he was speaking about the work and speaking about us. And then he got to, he talked about me and I wasn't there. And he says, your, your wife has struggled. She struggled because of a sense of rejection. And when I heard it, he sent it. I said, mm, did I not tell you? <laughs> Have I not been telling you? You know, but I've never said, Pastor, I want to leave. Because I can't tell him stuff like that. you hear it on the news, on the message. <laughs> but I, I promise you that I got to a place where I was tired. So one day I was praying, and not even about oh, how uncomfortable I feel, how not welcome. Hello. Amen. How unwelcome. And, and listen, I'm in a place where so many people love me and welcome me and, and just, you know, but I still had that thing of not being wanted, not being welcome, always the smallest thing or not being able to be me. Are you following? I, I don't know how many times I've tried to change into different people. Are you hearing me? But... It wasn't working for me. So I came to a place, I'm like, you know what, I want out of this place. I want to go to the place where I was celebrated. Pastor Sam once said, you know, there's that saying, go where you are celebrated, not tolerated. Pastor Sam says, who told you that? <laughs> you can't always be where you are celebrated. Who celebrated Jesus? When they were crucifying him, was he being celebrated? <laughs> So sometimes you have to go to places that are hard. Yeah, you have to go to places. So it was a shock to me. But here's the thing. One day I was praying, and I was asking the Lord. You know, I was just, I, I was needing him to, to fight on my behalf regarding something. I was just saying, Lord, you need to just fight on my behalf. And the Lord said, I can't fight for you. Concerning this, I cannot fight. And I'm like, Lord, no, I need you to fight. I cannot, I'm tired, I can't do it. He says, no, I can't fight. As long as we're not in agreement, we need to agree on this thing. You have to agree to where I called you to. You have to agree to it. So you may not be excited about it because you've been in more exciting places. Are you following? You may not be excited, but you have to agree. He's saying, so until we're on the same page, don't call me. <laughs> I'm fighting for you. If you want me to fight in this matter, get on my page. Let's agree. So I struggled with it. I struggled. I'm like, okay, okay. Then one day I, I surrendered. I said, okay, Lord. And he did not, listen, there are things he told me after I surrendered. He could have told me before, but he didn't want to tell me. He waited for my surrender before he now told me. You know, it's like you go to the doctor and then they give you the diagnosis of what the problem is. And by the time, and I said, Lord, I say yes. I had said yes many years ago, 
But because of some of the things I had faced, I didn't realize I had even said no. So I said, I said, Lord, I say yes. I say yes. I, and I meant it with everything in me. And then when I said yes, wow, okay. Praise God. Amen. I'm very happy here, by the way. Amen. I'm, I, yeah. Amen. You, you, you know, my children say my mom cries for everything. I'm watching a good movie, I'm crying. I see the idols when I cry. I said, so you just need to understand, she just cries. I can never, I can never do worship without crying. Nothing, you know. And that's when the Lord said to me, he said, okay, now that we're on the same page, he says, you should stop looking in the eyes of the people who reject you. What you behold is what you become. He says, when you came, you were beholding me. Are you following? You were looking in my eyes and you were not, you did not notice all kinds of things. But the moment you started looking in the eyes of people, the moment when you started concentrating on whether you are wanted here or not wanted, the moment that became your focus, you yoked yourself. He says, now that you have removed this yoke from you, it is time for you to look at me. Look at the one who called you and sent you. Because if you can focus on me, you become what you behold. In other words, if I can look at him, I can do ministry with no issues. In other words, if I look at him, if I behold him and see him, because when he looks at us, he looks at us through the eyes of love. He loves us so much, unconditionally. You can be swearing at him, but he's loving you. So, so if you look at me, when you are looking at rejection, you won't see it. It will not affect you. He says, it's time for you to remove what? Your focus. Amen. Are you hearing me? Take your focus off that. And refocus on God. Amen. And so there was a yoke that came off and fell off from my life. And then the Lord topped it off by saying to me, Did I not say, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land? So far, you think you have been eating the good of the land. He says, You have not eaten anything. He says, because you have been there and you've been receiving some crumbs, you think you've been eating the good of the land. But because you've come into alignment, because you've come into the place of willingness and obedience, get ready to eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So as you see me, I'm such a free person. Amen. No yokes. I, it, it doesn't matter what you say to me. It doesn't matter how you look at me. I'm not seeing you anymore. It doesn't matter what I hear on the news. Do you know sometimes because we, we are strong, are you following? You know, everybody's saying, oh, Pastor, <laughs> she's a strong woman and all of that. You don't know that it's not by might. Yeah. That sometimes you can just be worn down and worn out from all of that that keeps coming to you. But the Lord said to me, it's time to remove that yoke so that tomorrow I can fight for you in this land. Now, why will he be fighting for me when I don't even want to be here? I don't want to be here. Why would he fight? But now, the man of war, the Lord of the armies, you touch me, you are dead. Are you following? 
You look at me twice, you see his eyes. Are you following what I'm saying? You stand as a stumbling block and you are crushed. You begin to experience the realities of the things that God himself can do and will do for you. Just because you've decided, this yoke must come off my shoulder. Whose yoke are you wearing? I was wearing a whole nation's yoke. Can you imagine how weighed down I must have been? Because it's one thing, Lesejo. It's one thing, Lesejo wearing me and trying to walk. It's another thing for this whole room to come and climb on Lesejo. When the Lord finished dealing with me, thank you. When he finished dealing with me and I, and I got free of this, I, I thought, let me tell you, when the yoke is broken from off you, then you're able to release other people. The moment that happened to me, suddenly, the Lord started showing me people, other women, other pastors, that were going through what I had gone through. And I'm like, what? And so I started ministering to them. And I started saying to them, this is what I've been through. Did God call you? There's someone I said, did God call you here? Yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah, I think so. I said, don't let circumstances confuse your calling. Yeah? yeah? yeah. Don't let it. Yeah. I said, go back and think back to when he called you. I said, forget what has been said, what has been done. Forget all the things you faced. Go back and remember. Did he call you here? He says, yes, he called me. I said, break the yoke. Break the yoke. So that you can move forward. I have testimonies about this particular woman. This one had struggled. Her life was, it was, you know, Almost like health. In fact, she was in the worst place because she had packed her things. Says, if this man is not coming with me, I'm going without him. But I'm leaving this place. The moment, the moment she got back to the place where she's like, God called me here. And God sent me here. Why am I allowing all of these things keep me under? By the time she got to that place, the testimonies that started happening. Excuse me. The windows of heaven that has been opened over her for a while. That she was not able to collect and to receive the things that were being poured because of the yoke. She now had bigger containers. Then she started getting all kinds of testimonies. I cannot say certain things because you might get her arrested for some of the testimonies. Unbelievable stuff started happening. And what the Lord did was he started connecting me to some people who were in that position. And I've, I've been praying with them. Amen. And ministering to them. Amen. And getting everybody to get back to what God called them to do. Amen. Not to be distracted. Amen. Do we often have reason to feel the way we do? Yes. Do you have reason sometimes to, to have that yoke around you? Maybe you do. But you cannot remain with that yoke. Because if you remain with that yoke, you will only be getting crumbs from heaven. If you remain with that yoke, you are not... Listen, it's limiting you. It's a limitation. She did you wrong. I understand it. She messed around with you. She caused a lot of grief in your life. Or maybe it's a he. But for as long as you do not break that yoke from your shoulder, from your neck, you will remain where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
So there's an outpouring on my life right now. And there's an outpouring on you right now. But what are you using to receive it? Is there a limitation on your life? Is there a limitation? Who is limiting you is the question. Who is limiting you? I want to read this again. It says, by your sword, and I'll read it in New King James as it's here. By your sword you will live, and you shall serve your brother, and it shall come to pass. When you become restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Listen, God is waiting for some restless people. God is waiting for... Some of us need to get restless. Amen. Amen. Some of us need to get up and say, enough is enough. That is you being restless. When you are tired of being where you've been for so long. When you are tired of the situation that has faced you for so long. When you are saying, how long am I going to continue here? When you become restless and you are saying no to chains. And no to yokes. And no to situations. Get ready to be free. But as long as you are satisfied, and as long as you're saying, I'm getting one or two things here and there, there will be no progress in your life. It's time to break the yoke of limitation so that you can progress. So you may be having wonderful things happening to you right now, but it is just a speck compared to what you are supposed to be doing. And as long as you're, you're, listen, there are people I can minister to now. Other ministers that I can reach, that I couldn't reach before. People that are now saying, please, can you come talk here and do this and do that? Why? Because the yoke was broken. You need to come to the place where you are restless. You see how you're sitting on that chair where you can't even, it's like you've got ants in your pants. Why can't you sit still? Says, well, because I've been sitting still for a while. I'm now tired of sitting still. Something needs to happen. He says, when you become restless, when you decide not to take revenge, when you decide that I'm, uh, you know what, is enough. For me, I said, Lord, didn't you not say we should shake the dust? <laughs> so I, I mean, with, you know, I can shake it and go. Is that, no, it's not applying to you right now. I called you here. Stay. Yeah. When you become restless, when you say, you know what, how can you be carrying an offense for the past how many years? What is wrong with you? How can you be holding on to some old, holding on to it? And you don't know that is limiting what you are able to receive. You don't know that because of this, God cannot fight for you. We've been here week after week. The Lord is saying, uh, man of war, El Gibor is coming to fight for us. But he can't fight for you. He said, I can't fight for you. So here's the question and here's the answer. Remove the yoke and you get into an overflow. Remove the yoke and you begin to see things happen in your life. Remove the yoke. Forget about that person. Forget about those situations. Forget about the injustice. Remove the yoke. Remove it. Remove the yoke. And experience open heavens. Remove it. Let me try and move on. Genesis. Before Genesis, I'm thinking of those lepers that were at the gate. They were discarded. They were put out. You can't come in. You're lepers. Don't come and contaminate us. There's a way we do things here. There's a way we look here. Certain people are not welcome here. Well, these guys became restless. And they said, 
Why sit we here <coughs> and die? Why am I here? Why am I here? Why are you sitting here to die? How are you comfortable in a seat that is going to lead you to death? Why, why sit here and die? Why remain in this position? How long am I going to sit here? But it's up to you to make that decision. You are the one, it is one thing me telling you you've been sitting here long enough. It's another thing for you to recognize you've sat here long enough. It's another thing for you to say, why sit here and die? Why must I remain in this position? For how long? And they rose up and they broke the yoke of fear. They broke the yoke of discrimination. Amen. Every yoke that kept them sitting outside the gate. Amen. They broke it and they went in. Amen. Amen. Genesis 32. Let's read from verse 3. I don't want to read the whole thing. <laughs> so now Jacob had left his father-in-law Laban and he was going. I want, I want to, reason why we're going further is I want to, us to see if the yoke remained on Esau or if he broke it. Jacob sent messengers. So he was going through. He knew he was going to meet his brother. I remember there was a death warrant on his head. The last time he saw his brother, he said, I will kill you. I'm going to kill you. So this guy was scared. But I'm not even sure why he was so scared because what was he doing with that prophecy? <laughs> that his brother will serve him, he will bow down. He should have gone there and said, nobody can kill me because, you know, God has said, no, he was scared. Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Let's keep going. Can we go? And he commanded them, saying, speak thus to my lord Esau. <laughs> Esau is now his lord. I don't really understand. Yeah. How is Esau his lord? Yeah. <laughs> speak to my lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob. Confused. I'm confused. He says, your servant Jacob. Who is supposed to serve who? According to prophecy. So is it fear that made him call him servant or what? I don't know. We'll see. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants, and I have sent to them, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. Then the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. <laughs> Let's stop there. He says, we've seen your brother. He says, I'm coming. You, you know, we can interpret things. And are you following? That's how you can misunderstand me. He says, they say, and he's coming. And he's coming with 400 men. And all he's thinking is, he will kill me. You wipe out my family. I'm done for. 400 men. So he didn't know chapter 33. Verse 1. Now Jacob <laughs> lifted his eyes and he looked. And there Esau was coming. And with him were 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maidservants. And he put the maidservants and their children in front. Let them kill you first. Maybe by the time they finish killing you, he will be weary and tired and he will not be so angry. <laughs> and then he put Leah and her children behind. He says, Leah, I can forfeit you. And Rachel and Joseph, he put them last. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. 
So Jacob, as he was getting near his brother, from afar, he was bowing. One, two, three, two, seven times. Then he will move closer, seven times. Why are you bowing? You are supposed to be Lord over him. What are you bowing for? And he's bowing, and he's bowing. He's bowing because he knows 400 men are coming for me. <laughs> says, maybe my, my brother will have mercy on me. What of your prophecy? But Esau, somebody say, but Esau. Ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. Hello, ladies. What that tells me is that something had happened to Esau some time ago. The same brother who says, I will kill you. You stole my birthright and you took my blessings. When I see you, you are a dead man. Just let the burial rites of our father happen. When I see you, I'm killing you. And then years down the line, he saw his brother. And what did he do? He came and he hugged him and he kissed him and he was excited. Why was he excited? Because he had broken the yoke from his neck. Because that yoke was no longer on his neck. Because he wasn't carrying, listen, that, the 400 men, it's his entourage, that's how he moves, man. He's a rich man. He's a big guy. He doesn't move alone. The 400 were not to fight anybody. They're just to make sure everything is okay. Hello. The same guy who wanted to kill, and his father said, for you, to have this yoke removed. For you not to serve your brother. For you not to bow to him. Some of you are bowing before the very people. They did all kinds of things to you. And you think you're being powerful and strong. And you're showing your strength. You don't know you are bowing. They stole from you, but you are bowing. They came into a territory they were not supposed to come into. But you are bowing before them. You sort of said, when for you to get out of that place, remove that yoke. And from every indication, he removed the yoke. From every indication, he came to the place where he says, you know what, Jacob, wherever you are on the face of this earth, I forgive you. Jacob, I let go. Jacob, you did me some great injustice. I let go. I forgive you. Jacob, you are a free man. I'm, I'm not, I'm looking forward to the day I see you, Jacob. You need to. <laughs> I said to someone some weeks ago who faced some form of rejection, bad case, and I said, and I've said it before, and some of you have heard. You better forgive. And you forgive, and you carry yourself differently. Because if that person who rejected you, and it was a man, if he comes back years later, and you are still the way you... <laughs> you are still like that. He will just be saying, Hail Mary, full of grace. Father, I thank you that I did not stay here. Are you following? But when you have broken it from off you, when you have said, thank you, Lord, when you've removed that yoke from you, years later down the line, when they're coming to say to you, oh, I'm sorry, you're panicking. You're, no, no. He says, no, why are you panicking? You're looking well. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the people who hurt you, you think they will start looking bad. <laughs> Where it's going to be most painful is if your greatest desire is that they will get thin and get AIDS and look like what well, you are going to be surprised. 
because they will still be looking good and looking even better. And then you have been holding, you've been yoked. You've been yoked for so long that by the time they meet, that one has carried on with their life. You are skinny. You are haggard. You are looking somehow. Remove that yoke. You need to be able to look and, and say, how are you? That person did all that to you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so happy to see you. It's been so long. God is good. I can see God has been good to you. Some of you are looking at me like, mm, thank you. <laughs> it's because you have not faced it. I have. And I've had the opportunity. I've actually had the opportunity to say, oh my word, you look good. I've had the opportunity. And with joy. And without any deceit. I was saying, you look well. You look lovely. So good to see you. My, and my heart was overwhelmed. I'm so happy to see you. And of course, I looked good too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they would say, you, you look so good. You look, I said, yeah. Esau ran to him, embraced him, fell on his neck, kissed him. And they wept. Verse 5. And he lifted his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, Who are these with you? And he said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. So <laughs> Jacob is a servant. <laughs> then the maidservants came near and their children and what? Next verse. And Leah came, also came near with her children, and they what? Afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near, and they what? Everybody is just bowing down before the very guy that the prophecy on his head was that you will be the one bowing. You will forever bow until the yoke is removed from your neck. So now everyone is bowing to him because the yoke has been removed. Verse 8. And Esau said, okay, I've seen the people. What do you mean by all this company which I met? That's the people with all the animals and the gifts and all that. And Jacob's, uh, Jacob said, yes, my Lord, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. My Lord. But Esau said, can we read this together? But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What that tells me is that he had entered into the blessing that even Jacob was given. He says, I have enough. Remember Jacob's blessing, and that's why we read it. It was complete. Nothing missing from that blessing. Nothing broken from that blessing. And Esau had missing and broken from his blessing. But by this time, how many years later, when he met up with his brother, he says, I don't need anything. I have enough. I'm all together. The Lord has been good. The Lord has been gracious towards me. Hallelujah! says, I have enough. I have enough. I have enough. In other words, he enlarged himself. And he enlarged to the point where as the windows of heaven was opened and things were being poured out, he had enough space. He had capacity. Capacity to receive all that was coming. Don't limit your capacity because of any woman. Don't limit your capacity because of any man. Don't limit your capacity because of anyone that is rebelling or or rejecting you. Don't limit it. Today, he says the windows of heaven, they're open. And I'm pouring out blessings. I'm pouring out blessings upon you. 
But do you have what it takes to receive it? Amen. Whose yoke are you wearing? Amen. It's time to remove the yoke Amen. from your neck. Amen. It's time to say no, enough. It's time to become restless. Amen. It's time to say, you know what? I'm uncomfortable in this thing. I'm uncomfortable in this cocoon. I'm uncomfortable in this situation. I'm unco I've been here too long. I'm uncomfortable Amen. in it. It's time for me to break out and break forth. Yes, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can I tell you something about Esau? If you read down, you'll find that his brother persuaded him. In fact, let's read verse 10. And Jacob said, no, please. If I have found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand. Inasmuch as I have seen your face, as though I have seen the face of God and you were pleased with me. So Jacob still prevailed on him to receive the gifts. And you know what that says to me? You need to come to a place where nobody yokes you with their gifts. Especially as pastors. Amen. Pastor, you said, you said some people will give you a gift as a yoke. So you cannot speak what you need to speak. You can't rebuke when you need to rebuke. <laughs> Are you following? It'll be like after everything that I gave you and I did for you and I. No, no, no. <laughs> there are people that have left church, you know, because they didn't get what they wanted to get. By now, I should be sitting in a particular place and pastor should be hearing me. I, I mean, I need to be able to call him into a meeting and pastor, I just want to see wow. you. <laughs> I, just, I just need to see you. There are one or two things I need to, to talk about. You, you, you know that message you preach when you... I, 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 didn't, I didn't quite like it. I didn't quite like it. I, in fact, your tone, your tone... What I want of you when you are speaking, just, you know, there's a way you need to manage. The money is speaking. The gift is speaking. So I read this thing and I said, Father, every yoke on me because of a gift, I remove. I remove. I free myself. Because I need to be able to look you in the eye and still say, Sister, this is not right. Sister, this is good. This is right. This is not right. I need to be able to tell you stuff. So until you're mature enough to give your gift and still allow me to speak, keep your gift. So it says, I don't want to say, please, please. And there are people here that, you know, even when you say they don't want to say, please. You know, good heart. Good heart. And you say, please take it. I know you have. I'm not giving you because you don't have. Take it. Let nobody yoke you with their gifts. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let nobody yoke you Amen. with their gifts. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you know and you want the outpouring, I'm not calling you to the front. If you know there is stuff, blessings, that the Lord is releasing, but there are limitations on my life. There's a yoke that has limited me. This morning, if I'm you, let's all cry. And say, I release this person. I release that one. I release this yoke. I release the other one. For this that was done, this injustice, I release, I forgive. For that, that which I release, I forgive. I, I put it in your hands. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'm not looking to kill anyone. I'm not looking to see the downfall of anyone. It's the downfall of Satan I want to see. I don't want... Are you following? You need to come to that place now where you're releasing yourself. Why? Because you're entering into that month of breakthrough. Amen. Where God will begin to fight for you.
before you cry, before you call, he has answered. Amen. And then you're wondering why you're calling, 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 calling. I'm there. Getting little, little things here and there without knowing that I was limiting myself. And I, and I could have said I have good reasons. I, there, there was no good reason. No good reason. Why? I was looking into the wrong eyes. I was looking into the wrong faces. I look to you, oh God. I behold your face and I'm transformed. Amen. I want us to pray this morning. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.